Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, this is Lainey and welcome to the Lainey Gossip Podcast for Sasha Answers. Hi, Sash. Hi, how's it going? It's good, but it's... It's been it's hard, right? <laughs> yeah, it's good, but it's hard. Um, maybe we're being overly dramatic, but I feel like many women especially would agree that the last few days have been, and what is it, a whirlwind of yeah. emotion? Yeah. Well, I hope that no one's over talking about this. Um, we were talking a little bit about this before we started the podcast, which is like, this is a conversation we need to continue to push and people shouldn't feel tired about talking about women's rights and equal rights. No. Um, and this weekend was uh, really t- tumultuous. <laughs> it started with like a bummer. You know, yeah. we got together on Friday night. <laughs> when I think back on that car ride, it's kind of hilarious. I was very uncomfortable. So, <laughs> <laughs> so we got together because it was Kathleen's birthday party. So I got in an Uber and then I Ubered over to your place. Yes. And then you and Corey got in and the three of us were just like, uh, we don't like not in a party mood. No. Everyone was in super buzzkill mode, which Corey, is fair. Corey was in like he was simmering with anger yeah. and frustration and like the kind of person when they don't talk, but then you can just feel that he's yeah. shooting out rage. Totally. He was, he'll kill me, but he like literally cried for an hour before we got into the Uber. And when we got into the Uber was very angry and was like looking out the window the whole time, like. Like it would be in a montage of a movie, he's like looking out yeah. the window and this sad oh song God. is playing. Yeah. And then cut and to Duana Duana. <laughs> Then Duanna gets in the car and we're all Ubering to Kathleen's party together and we are, all of us, just like miserable. every 30 seconds sighing. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. <sighs> and then we go to Kathleen's party and it's fun. I mean, she is in her element. Every, like everybody, a lot of people we know are there. She is like rocking her cleavage that la- yes, she she's was. rocking her cleavage that night. We had a good time. And then Saturday happened and it was a different totally. turnaround of oh, emotion, right? So it was a wonderful, 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 inspiring day. Love that. I loved yesterday or Saturday. I loved Saturday so much. I just loved, you know, every time I looked at Twitter or whatever, there were more aerial shots of like Chicago, Denver, and they were like exceeding expectations, yeah. more women, peaceful. Love. The signs were hilarious. Yeah. No, um, they were great. But now we're back. To, <laughs> we're, sh- we're taping this on Monday and I don't know about you. I'm now, um, I still want to continue the fight, but I have to say um, Trump's decisions today um, have been a- another downer for me. Well, the big is, decision yeah. are, I mean, in terms of female-focused issues, global gag. And for those of you who don't know what that is, Google it. It's very self-explanatory, but it has to do with taking away women's reproductive rights. And that is why, especially on Saturday, Planned Parenthood had such a presence at the Women's March. This, these are organizations that educate people, specifically women, 
on their choices, their options, their body. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, we we need to keep up the fight. I and after, the environmental fight too, right? Can we talk about the, correct, pipe, the yes. pipeline as well? So women's issues, environmental issues. I mean, it's it runs the whole gamut of what a fuck up Trump is going to make this world. But continue. Sorry. No, well, I mean, and I feel like we. <laughs> You know, I think that for us, um, what was said on Saturday is that Saturday couldn't be a one-off and that people had to keep talking about it and Mm -hmm. keep having a conversation. So what we would like to do is continue that conversation, remind people what organizations are important, um, people who are doing great work, uh, to support them, not only with your mouth, but if you can, if you can, with your pocketbook. I made donations to Planned Parenthood in Canada and in the U.S. today. Um, and then hopefully for us, you'll be okay for those of you listening. For us, given that Sasha and I have this little platform, this little podcast, we would like to, whenever we can, yeah. advocate for those causes. Amen. Okay. Well, um, now good. it's Let's time to, to judge people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where we feel at home. You know what? We can be human beings are complicated and contain multitudes, and we can have balance. It's all about social culture. Yes. All right. So um, I guess it's just a given that I read. Yeah, yeah. Have Always. we not established that? We're <laughs> okay. Into like Sixty podcasts. Okay. Hello, Sasha. This is an hello, not a hello. Oh, really? It's an hello, Sasha. <laughs> I have a friend, Leanne, who recently joined my gym. I was initially super happy about it because I love working out with friends. If this is gym gossip and like gym drama, this back is from the, the gym, so this is perfect this is timing. The best. Okay, anyway, sorry. Leanne has reached out to me a couple of times for fitness advice in the past, and I'm always happy to help with her with tips and tricks for making a routine stick. During my underground, I lost, or sorry, during my undergrad, I lost a considerable amount of weight through exercise and healthy eating. Croissants are not sandwich bread but I'm not a professional athlete or an Instagram model by any stretch of the imagination. I am, generally speaking, really happy with my body and thankful for my health. Leanne, on the other hand, is really negative and is constantly talking to me about how fat she is, um, gym, book club, weekend parties. Trust me, she has a rockin' bod and is nowhere near overweight. I always tell her to focus on her health, but now that she's at my gym and is in the same classes with me, I'm worried about becoming her body-shaming soundboard, and I'm really not interested in having that conversation on a consistent basis. I also don't want her negative attitude rubbing off of me. She has hinted, in my opinion, about struggling with an eating disorder in the past, so I'm particularly mindful about being positive and supportive, but I also want my gym time to be a time where I can turn off and unwind too. Any advice on how to deal with the negative body talk going forward? I want to be a good friend, but it's stressing me out. Please keep my name anonymous, okay? Well, we will keep your name anonymous and call you Joan. Oh, okay. Okay, like Joan. Feeling Joan. This is so interesting because I think as females, we hear this negative body talk all the time. And I feel like there's kind of two main reasons why maybe girls do this. One is because obviously what's happening with Leanne is – she feels insecure and she wants a, she's looking for a compliment. Mm-hmm. And then I feel like the other one is something that like someone like Chrissy Teigen does a lot, which is kind of levels the playing field and um, says like, oh, look at my cellulite. Oh, look, I'm pounding back burgers in my face because I'm just like you. Don't feel threatened. Don't feel threatened. Don't feel threatened. Right. Um, but both of those at the end of the day, I think are quite… And sometimes it could be a cry for help, like yes. which we're trying to figure out here. Yes. Yeah. But I guess I think while one is more more likable, right? Like, I like the Chrissy Teigen style. 
um, they're still both kind of negative body talk, right? I, I don't necessarily know that they're really uplifting women in general or making people feel good. Um, so that's just interesting. But I, I've done it before. Oh my God, I've done it so many times. I think we all negative body talk in front of people. Yeah. And I, I don't know. Is it conditioning? Is it imagery? Is it this idea that like only one type of body is perfect? All of the above. <laughs> all of the above. Yeah. And then what do you do? Yeah. Like, and I get how Joan is feeling because she's at the gym for her um, health both body health and mental health. Mm -hmm. Like they say that when you go to the gym, you are working out also what's in your head. I certainly, when I get back from the gym, I feel a little less pissy. Yeah. Like, yeah, you you have some like happy endorphins yeah. going on in your head. I hate angry ones. I hate being at the gym and I'm angry when I'm there and yeah. it fucking sucks, but it's a weird thing. As soon oh as God, I'm done. Remember when we worked out before you are actually terrifying to work out with. <laughs> you're not fun in those environments at all because you're like, mm, uh, get it over with. Like you don't, you don't ever want to like socialize or no. smile I'm miserable me. at the gym. I'm glad yeah. that you are like providing evidence oh, yeah. well, of how terrible I, I am. I don't work out anymore because you're really not fun. No, but then after I'm like in a great mood. I just worked out before yeah. this podcast. So I get where Joan's coming from, but I also want to attack, like I want to attack what the issue is underneath Leanne's negative yeah. talk. And I I feel like we're all there. What do you do when you have a friend who's just like, ah. Well, I think you you can, like once in a while, because we say, like lots of people do that, right? So, and it's okay sometimes your friend, you're like, you want to just get, you, if all your friend needs is a compliment, then you just give them one and they feel better and it's all good. But if it keeps on happening over and over again, and God knows I feel like I've had friends like that, it's fucking really boring and annoying. I think… Um, something that you can do, especially in a gym environment, is create like a pact, right? You say, Leanne, oh my God, we're here, every, you know, every, once a week. Let's just make sure that like this is like such a positive time. Like we're, we're just always talking about how positive we feel about our bodies for this hour and there, right? Like you're going to wrap it up like that. Like let's do a gym pact. Like we're super positive. We're yeah. super body positive. Yay. Do you know what I mean? You can do that to shut her up. Yeah. Um, that's, that's something you can do for that hour for sure. Yeah. And then I guess that's the start, right? It's yeah. like then you counter everything with, with like, hey, but you're going to feel so great after this class. It's um, Haley, you know, I train with Haley when I, when I am in Vancouver. And Haley, that's what she has to do every single day with her clients. Yeah. Haley writes this money fitness column on our blog. And so she has clients. But she's paid to do that. She is paid <laughs> to do that. But I mean… Nobody wants to be paid also to be, like, dragged down all the time. Do you mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like, at a certain point, she also gets to um, be selective about which clients she takes. That's sure. the beauty of yeah. it. And so I know that, like, of course, you just said that when I work out, I'm the worst person yeah, a ever. A dick. <laughs> yes. And Haley kind of wouldn't let me do that. She would just be like, you got to push through this now. You know, it's okay. Think about, think about how good you're going to feel later. Yeah. Think about all those, all those calories you're burning. Like, you know, whatever she knows yeah. that motivates me. Well, she has to be motivational. Yeah. Yeah. 
I just don't know if that's but Leanne. You weren't sitting, like, but you weren't sitting with Haley being like, oh, I feel so fat. My, I can feel my thighs rubbing together. Like, I'm sure you weren't doing that. Like, I'm sure you were just like, I don't want to do fucking 10 more reps. Well, I wouldn't say that, but I would be like, I'm pathetic. You know, I'm so okay. weak. I'm such a weak ass. I can't lift anything. I have right. such a weakling body. Like, because I have zero upper body strength. Okay. Oh, right. You have weak arms. You've told me that before. <laughs> no, you told me that. I don't think they look like that, but you've told me that before. They are very bad. So I don't know. I feel like, yeah, that is the first step to be like the positivity police or the cheerleader. But mm-hmm. then what if it continues, then what happens? Mm, I think you have to ignore it. Like I think you have to deflect every time she says it, something. Like you're like, okay, well, let's not talk about that. Like instead, like did you see this thing on, you know, TV the other night? Like I think you just kind of slap it away every time it comes your way. Yeah. And now let's talk about do you think Leanne – it's a, is, a cry, it's a, is it a cry for help? Yeah. What about those hints about a possible eating disorder? Like this is, is, if this is a mental health issue, I would also then think about having a conversation that is more serious and more focused. Hey, I'm worried about you. But outside of the gym, like outside of yeah. like, hey, l- why don't we, you know, after go get a, a I don't know, what, a smoothie, healthy drink. <laughs> Drink smoothie. I love that you don't even know what that's called. Okay. A juice. Um, and then over the juice or whatever, the kale juice, you <laughs> you say like, hey, I'm a little bit worried about you. You know, like I, um, I've been hearing a lot of th- things that you're saying about yourself and I want to be your friend. I want to be supportive. Um, do you, do you want to go together to a program? Do you want to go talk to somebody together? I'm here for you. I think that, but only you can figure out what those signs are in your friendship. Yeah. Like I think, yeah, keep one eye open and yeah. if you start to see her like rapidly losing weight or if she's like running to the back. If you see those kind of eating disorder cues, then yes, completely do what you just suggested, which is like be there for her and help her through that time. But my vibes is that Leanne is just one of those people who's looking for a compliment, you know, mm-hmm. who has some body issues like a lot of women do. And But other than just sucking it up and just trying to deal with it on her own, She's extending that um, need for a compliment. And that gets really tired. Yeah. Like that gets really, as I said before, it gets really boring too. I will say though, I I think that like, you know, we all though have to work on changing our language and um, especially in terms of what we consider to be attainable Mm -hmm. and what our goals are. And I'm the first to call myself out. I'm so, I'm so much harder than on myself. Like, and that's the thing where I can relate to Leanne, I think. Mm. Where Joan is saying, Leanne's not even overweight in the very least, but we're always so hard on ourselves. Yeah, 100%. But we, we reach out differently, though. You know what I mean? Like, we are all hard on ourselves, but you don't, you don't barf out all your insecurities to me. Well, I, nor- I do to Yasik. Okay, yeah, but that's what Yasik's <laughs> there for, which is great. But you don't do that. I don't think you do that with your close friends. Like… You know, if you're having a rough day, of course, like, I want to hear all of the things that you're feeling. But I think you're sensitive enough to know, like, you can't pummel somebody with your insecurities all the time. That's not fair. And again, like, I am not good at it either. This weekend, I went to go see my my hairstylist, and she's 25. She's so, like, she's hot. She's rad. she's, uh, She's just awesome. And I find myself now… Now that I've turned 38, like I'm like desperate for age compliments. 
So I kept on fishing and fishing and fishing for, for compliments. Yes. Yeah. Like a total fucking psycho. Like what, what were I you like? I kept on being like, oh, wait. well, like when you get like as old as me, like <laughs> me, me, me. And I kept on <laughs> dropping these things and she fucking wouldn't bite. She wouldn't bite. Like she wasn't, what I was hoping for her to yeah. be like is like, oh no, like what? You're like five years older than me? Nothing. And so I realized, <laughs> what am I doing? Like I walked out of there on Saturday. I was like, I'm the biggest idiot. Like I just spent a solid hour desperately trying to feel like some like a young person would also think I was young too. So I get it. Like we all do it. But now, see, I have the forethought. Like I'll never do that again because that's really annoying. Yes. Right? But I don't know. But yes, but I feel like in your position, like in your defense, like do I look 38? <laughs> you really don't. Not to me. Okay, great. I know yes. he's trying to point out how old I am. Yeah, but people tell you you look young all the time. Anyways, whatever. I really like hearing it though. Yeah. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna fucking complain about here like yeah. about that. Yeah. But uh, listen, I don't know if we've reached a conclusion here for Joan. I thought my pack thing was a really good idea. That's a yeah, really good pack starting point. The, is a good starting point. But yeah, keep your, as you said, keep one eye open for um, issues that you think may be a little bit more um, significant. Um, and if that is the case, then I think that you need to, like, be there solid as a friend and take her out of the gym, have a very serious, compassionate talk. But we understand, too, that your mental health and your spiritual health and your physical health is important, too. Of so for sure, if this is getting to the point where it is like eating away at your mental health, then let's regroup and talk about this again. But right now, you, it doesn't, you sound pretty, you sound pretty good. Yeah. Let us know though, if we need to, if we need to, you know, revisit this. Um, okay, next. Yes. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Now that we fucking feel so good about ourselves. <laughs> Or not. Um, okay. Hi, Sasha. A few months ago, I married my boyfriend of six years. Congratulations. We have an amazing life together. However, we recently took a vacation and my husband got deliriously drunk. I was tired that night and decided to go back to our hotel room while he stayed out with a few people we met at the resort. The next morning, he woke up and told me that he felt like he had sex. It obviously wasn't with me. But I just brushed it off because he was so drunk that he could barely remember anything the night before. He didn't even know how he got back into our room. My husband is a bit of a hypochondriac, so when he started freaking out about maybe having an STD from someone he can't remember, I just blamed it on maybe getting a rash from swimming in the pool all day. Fast forward to when we get back home and he's still worried that something happened, so he went to the doctor for a checkup so he can stop obsessing. Turns out he did contract something. He came back as HIV positive. 
I don't know how to feel about this. I know that I've not contracted this illness because after his night out, we didn't have unprotected sex, but I will be tested to make sure. I don't know what to do now. Do I leave him? I love my life and I'm not as hurt as I think someone that was cheated on should be. Does this mean I don't love him? I'm not even all that worried as to what might happen to his health. Uh, is what? this even… What did she just say? She said, I'm not even all that worried as to what might happen to his health. Is this even considered cheating when someone isn't conscious of what happened? Should I stay or go? I can't bring myself to tell anyone else about this and really need advice on how I should handle it. Any guidance would really help. Thank you, Q. And we, Q used her real name when she wrote to us. Yes. Um, and we have tried to get in touch with her for a little bit more information. Um, but uh, she has, we haven't heard back, but we thought we'd address it anyway. Mm-hmm. Okay, so anyway, they've, they're married. There was a holiday. He got really wasted, came back, thought he might have had sex. Now he's HIV positive. So, okay, so what she really wants to know is whether or not she, she should, should leave him. Right. Like, this is, this is the dilemma here. It's interesting, though. She doesn't even seem to be very bothered by the fact that… I mean, she's, I'm sure right now she's so confused and doesn't understand any of the emotions she's feeling because in this letter, she says that she doesn't really know how she feels about the cheating, almost didn't care afterwards, and also isn't worried about him having HIV. Uh, you know what I mean? Like… I'm trying to figure out what she actually is really affected by. And for me, I think both situations are of like dire, dire need of attention. Yeah. Like the dude has HIV. Uh, you need to, as she said, was going to get tested. Thank God. Um, but like that, that's a, a, a serious health issue that you should really be invested in and worried about. Right? Yes. Uh, and then, yeah, I guess it's like, what, what's your stance on blindly, drunk, blindly cheating? I, I, what is, what's your take on that? Like, do you forgive someone if they don't remember it? I, I don't know. Like, I, I, God, I, um, if this were me and Yasik and I were on holiday, I don't, I feel it would be, to me, and this is just our life and the way our relationship works, Mm -hmm. it would be really weird to me for him to, like, go out and get so blitzed that he couldn't remember what happened. And without you. And without me. Mm -hmm. It's just, at home is one thing, because, like, you know the environment, and those are your friends, and I'm going to trust that you're out with your boys, your girls, your crew, and you're going to have each other's backs. Mm-hmm. But when you're alone together and you're, like, in a foreign place, it just, that just, I don't know, that to me is weird. Okay. It's not like just going on a walk. It's like, <laughs> right. <laughs> let me go party with these people. These strangers. Who, these strangers. So, but I don't know, is that, am I being closed-minded? Is that weird? I just feel like that's just weirding me out. Yeah. I mean… I'll be honest, all of this weirds me out, um, but but let's just get to, like, the crux of the situation. Let's say Yasik, for whatever reason, stayed at the bar later, came back home 
to you in your hotel room and was like, uh, I think I might have fucked someone. I'm not quite sure. You later find out that he's fucked someone because he's fucking well, has HIV. How do you feel about that? Like, then I'm worried. I'm like, was he roofied? Okay. For like, all, sure, all that. Like, not? then I'm worried. Okay. I'm like, oh my God. Sure, like, now I'm roofied. worried like he was violated. Now I'm worried that he was sexually assaulted. Okay, that is totally, and right? that's a great point because that yeah. could totally be it. When you're blackout drunk, you, I mean, it doesn't almost matter if you're roofied or not. You're not in your right mindset, Right. So I so would do you say, forgive that. So I would say that Yasik would not have been in his right mind to give consent. Okay. And then if he he was not like if clearly if if her husband doesn't remember what happened, then I don't think he can remember giving How consent. Mm-hmm. And so we have talked on this podcast before that consent like can't be given when you can't remember giving. Like, you know, yeah. so to me you would approach it as, I, I wonder in this case, if you approach it as a sexual assault. How about if he wasn't roofied? How about if he just drank himself into a crazy, dark stupor? It's the same. So is it the same? He wasn't in a position okay. to give consent. But how about if he's at the bar and he's drunk and, he's, and he isn't saying no? But there's like, there's movement. He's hitting on a girl, right? Because like you do some crazy shit when you're drunk. I just think that to me… So it negates it no matter what. Sh- I think that in this case, if this were a woman, mm-hmm. I, would, I, would, I would apply whether or not she was in any capacity to give consent. If we would understand how a woman could find herself in that position and is drinking and then is taken advantage of or doesn't remember and all that, I would be like, then we, don't we have to apply the same to a man? But typically men, I'm, and this is a generalization, because but we're generalizing everything at this point, is men typically are the people who make the moves, right? Mm-hmm. It happens though. Men I can be sexually listen, assaulted. Totally. A hundred, a hundred thousand percent. But we're just kind of like, everything is, we're kind of like juggling this problem up in the air. So Maybe this is like, like, can we agree? This is a really weird situation, yes. right? So maybe I, I feel like, let's just give, so if he was roofied or if he was, um, wasn't able to give consent because a woman, yeah, and because yeah. a woman was coming on to him like and jumped on his dick, then we say you stay with him, right? Because he didn't in fact cheat on you. Is that what we're saying? I don't know. I mean, we haven't even explored the issue of like, trust here. Oh, hey, bring that fucking monster in. Then I just, like, this is so, yeah, like, what is, she needs to, that's why, like, we had so many follow-up questions. Because she needs to find, yeah, and I guess that's it. Really, she needs to come up with these answers, which are, A, what was your relationship like before this? Have you, B, have you always trusted him? C, has he, has he had sketchy sexual behavior before? You know, like, these are kind of the questions that we don't have the answers to, but she does. Yeah. And if those are yes, 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 if, in fact, he has had sketchy past, if he is not trustworthy, if he has kind of sometimes cheated on you before, if you don't have any trust in him, chances are he fucking ran around behind your back during the vacation and, indeed, you should probably leave him. But the thing here is that she doesn't seem to care. Like, she's saying, I love my life. And I don't know if I'm even that mad. Should I be mad? Like, but then you're in denial, homegirl. I, I don't, and this is where this whole situation, like I, w- like I, you know, if we could get really more get more information yeah. or if I could, 
just be in front of her, I would be like, I don't want to invalidate the things that she's saying. Like, it's not, uh, it's not up to us to be like, you should be mad. Like, I mean, she, she's obviously, she's obviously very confused and conflicted with a lot of emotion because she wouldn't write in. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think she needs to get in touch with some of her emotion, whether it be anger or sadness, because this is like a heavy motherfucking situation. Yeah. So I'm going to tell her right now. Like, you might not want to tell her, but I'm telling her she needs to feel something about this but I in mean, order like, to make a decision. But I mean, like, most critically, though, he's HIV positive. Yeah. So now he has to work out a plan, like a, a treatment plan. Um, a, you know, a, a, the diagnosis has happened. So now I'm assuming that he is in regular care of um, medical a medical plan of, of medication mm-hmm. to – people live – Hello, Magic Johnson. Yeah, I was just gonna say. Yeah. So yeah. you can you can have great lives with a combination of drugs. Like they have made so many great breakthroughs oh, with yeah. HIV HIV treatment and medication. So you know that has to be the priority too. And um, her health. And and, her health. and supporting him through that or not? Does she support him through that? Like you know, she's saying that she's not really that bothered. As you said, there are so many things that need to be answered here, but. This is such a big, big, big situation that I don't think that it can be answered in a completely, um, in a complete way without professional assistance. Mm-hmm. I do, I yeah. do think that Q needs to go with her husband. Um, first of all, in terms of the medical on the t- on the medical side of this, and then to you know to see what they therapy can do with the and to, yeah. yes. Because, wow, yeah. like, Q, we're really, like, really sorry yeah. about how, like… We feel for I, you we feel this for situation. You. This is… Uh, and we wish we had more of the um, answers to our questions. But even beyond that, I think this is above our pay grade here. Um, and that I think she really should be taking this to a therapist, as you said. Um, but I think that the reason why we wanted to bring this forward is because in situations like this that are so tricky… You start by asking questions yeah. and you start by… Oh, thank ex- you for reaching out, right? Yes. Yeah. You start by asking questions and Sasha and I have been trying to examine all the angles. There are probably 18 angles that we haven't even mm-hmm. addressed. We are trying to look at it from so many different um, sides. And I think what we try to do here on this podcast is to have those conversations and to keep looking at things from different sides. And so if you're out there listening… This may not have anything to do with you, but it is, I, I feel like even if it doesn't have anything to do with you, I think that these are questions that are worth exploring for everybody, even in healthy relationships. Like, you know, you, you're, it's almost like preparation or at least safeguarding mm-hmm. or just opening that up. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, last one. Hi, Sasha. After kissing frogs with the emotional equivalent of crusty pus-filled warts, yummy, (laughs) I finally found my amazing prince two years ago. I love him. He loves me. Blah, blah. My problem, he's white and I'm not. I'm South Asian and growing up, I rejected everything to do with my heritage. As an adult, I don't feel all that connected to my peeps and I'm having a major cultural identity crisis. I guess I assumed I'd marry someone exactly like me and I wouldn't have to work at it. My boyfriend is so awesomely supportive, and I wouldn't change a single thing about him, but I can't help but feel lost. Both of you married white dudes. Please help me. 
love recently down with being brown. Wow. Okay, so… Um, and does she mean um, by… Sorry, she said something about her peeps. Did she mean her like white peeps or her South Asian peeps? I, sorry, I was confused by that. So she said that when she was growing up, she rejected her heritage. And now as an adult, she doesn't feel, quote, all that connected to my peeps because okay. I guess she didn't have right. that history. Okay, got you. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay, well, talk to me about marrying a white guy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even think that the guy has anything to do no, with this. That, no, I, I, that's I, what I was going to say. I was like, I could tell you about what it is to be married to a white person, but I don't even know. Like, I, I, that, that yeah. doesn't apply here. I think what applies here is you know, you feel disconnected from your heritage. And I think that's like a really important thing to highlight. Um, and it's important to get to know that. And, and you can still be in a relationship with a white dude, a yellow dude, a black dude, and still forge on and find out more about who you are, where you come from, um, like culturally, what your people love to do, their traditions. Like these are all things that you can do whilst being in a relationship with a white dude. Yeah. I, I, I honestly don't think this is about your relationship with him. It's a mm -mm. it's about as relationship corny, with yourself. Yeah, as yeah. corny and as sex in the city as this sounds, this is about your relationship with yourself. And I can tell you from personal experience that as a Chinese girl growing up in Toronto, <clears throat> I was often growing up the only Chinese girl mm -hmm. in my class. And a lot of what you're feeling has to do with a, a sense of otherness. Like, at that age, when you're young, you don't want to be other. You want to mm. be the same. You want to fit in. And so, in North America especially, there are so many communities where it's almost default. Whiteness is a default. So, anything that isn't white, anybody who isn't white is made to feel intentionally or unintentionally to feel like they're, they're an outsider. Yeah. And then, when I was younger, was had like total white wannabeness. Right. I don't think that that… I'm not going to be mad at myself for that. No, but you were also very heavily rooted in your Chinese culture. Well, I had, had parents. That when you got home. Yeah, I mean… I had no choice. Like, my mother was like, uh, you're Chinese, yeah. and I'm going to speak to you like you're a Chinese person, and this is who you are, and this is what you're going to learn. Do you feel like you rejected your Chineseium for being white? Like, trying to be more white or trying to hang with your white friends? I like, think that… I think like, so. Like, would you eat your smelly Chinese lunches in front of your white friends? Well, I didn't have a choice because that's what was packed for me. Well, no. Some people would toss that shit and like… Eat nothing. Oh, I'm, just, I'm just curious to know how much you. I didn't because, like, didn't. I also have no willpower when I'm hungry. Like, I just had to eat. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but w what I would do is, like, think about getting a perm, mm. you know, and want to change my features. Yeah. And dream about it. There's a really, you know, the movie Precious? Yes. And so there was a really awful but amazing scene where Precious looks in the mirror. And what looks back at her is yeah. a, a skinny white woman. Mm -hmm. And it's, it resonated with me. I am not a black girl. But, and I certainly have I, have, I have had the luxury of not having to, you know, live through the hardship and the prejudice that um, uh, black Americans and black Canadians have had to live with. 
100%. So I'm not at any point here trying to be like, yeah, I know what that is. But I do understand what it is to look in a mirror and my ideal version of myself in the past, my ideal version of myself was like to look like a white girl. Yeah. Um, and so, and it, it's all, it's all those influences as movies, right? Like your favorite rom-coms, the, the hot, hot guy falls for the hot, the, hot the white girl. girl so hair, yeah, all of, of that is contributing to it. So I don't, I don't really want to, I don't really want to be hard on the person who's writing in because I get it. I've been there. But, but we're c- cut to the fact that she's probably in her, I don't know, late 20s, early 30s. So this right. is something that you were feeling in elementary school and high That's school. Right. And then you found yourself. Yes. And you realized how important your culture was and how amazing it is. Yeah. So I think that this is uh, an opportunity for our our letter writer to um, embrace that now. Yeah. You know, and, and, and feel the pain that you probably felt growing up, feeling rejected, feeling like the other, and now embracing the fact that the other is quite awesome. Yes. And surrounding yourself with um, messaging that reflects that and mm-hmm. rejecting messaging that, that doesn't. Yeah. And, and that's say- hard. It's hard in our, like, in, we are trying to change that in arts and entertainment and in culture, but it is hard to escape mm-hmm. for sure. But on the flip side, it's quite easy to learn about your culture though. That's what's kind of exciting about this. Like this isn't that difficult of a problem if she does want to re-immerse herself in her culture, right? She can go to her parents. She can go to her cousins. You know what I mean? She can really start um, educating herself on all the stuff that she sort of missed out on. So it's, I think it's kind of actually a really liberating, fun thing she can be doing in 2017 is getting to know um, everything that she missed. Yeah. And in, in a, in a, to go back to the relationship with yourself, it's almost like you are getting to, you're dating you. Mm. Like you're, it's that process of discovery of, and again, this is so corny, but it's true. Like self-acceptance is about um, figuring out or meeting the best parts of yourself mm-hmm. and identifying them. Mm-hmm. So I want to have, I wish people would have more conversations about this because it is something that is difficult to escape when you are different, yeah. especially in especially here oh, and around the world where like even where, where our ancestors are from, Sasha, or mm-hmm. some of our ancestors, like mine, definitely and half of yours, mm-hmm. like there is like white worship in Asia oh, too, yeah. right? The whiter the skin, man. My mom, my grandmother loved that I came out like a porcelain, like Casper. Mm-hmm. She loved that I was white. You know, that, that's something that was, that is ingrained in our culture very much so is like the whiter your skin. Yeah the better you are. That's right. And so we, we have to like, I mean, I, I don't just knock it in North America, like in Chinese culture. I mean, we can speak, I can speak directly to Chinese culture. That's some bullshit too. Mm -hmm. And we kind of have to, you know, address those. And it happens in different iterations and in different ways. Like I'll, I'll talk about Yasik right now. Yasik is a white guy. But I love he, that you almost said that with so much disdain. So I don't want I don't want anybody to misconstrue. I'm not like I'm certainly not trying to say that this white male has it the same as people of color. Yeah. But I will say 
I just want to say, uh, tell a story about him in that he was born in Poland and um, then came to Canada when he was very young, like six or seven years old, and only spoke Polish. And his family is like super Pole. And so he, when he started going to school, this young boy going to school in Canada, he has talked about how he didn't keep up with the Polish language. He maybe rejection is too strong of a word, but our, our reader here used the word rejection. He kind of became as Canadian as he could. Mm. And he um, only spoke English. And gradually, he lost his comfort level with the Polish language to the point where he's too shy to speak Polish now. Mm. He understands it perfectly, and he could. Like, he gets by. And when we went to Poland a few years ago, he totally could. But I remember him saying to me, like, this is what I did because I didn't want to feel other. I didn't want to go to school yeah. and be made to be made fun of my accent or whatever. Yep. And as an adult, he was like, I don't know if that was the right thing to do because my brother, his brother is older than he is, has totally retained it and is like super comfortable being Polish and speaking Polish and Yasik isn't. And so you look back on these things and the decisions that you make when you're younger and they're valid decisions because… You need to fit. You need you, to You want to fit live. in, right? Yeah. But I wouldn't go so far as to say that he's mourning what he's lost, but you kind of like, you have those tinges of regret. Oh, it's the same with me. I mean, I got, as I've said, like I was born in Hong Kong, lived there, came to Canada, and I got totally whitewashed. You know, I would, when people were like, oh, because I look, I guess, more Chinese than Yugoslav, I'd be like, no, I'm like, I'm also Yugoslav. Like, don't forget the other half of me. Right. And then, yeah, like, same deal. My sister is like super China woman and knows, <laughs> you know, can speak fluently. And I lost that all. And I have major, major regret about that. So, Gasik, 2017, <laughs> I'll learn Cantonese again if you, if you know how, if you want to learn Polish. Oh, are you saying yes? Do you need a microphone? <laughs> nope. Okay, he's not in. But I, that's something that I really want to do. And I think that's, that's, how I, that's why I can kind of relate to our writers. Like, yes, I want that too. Like, I think we all want to, um, like, learn stuff about us now when you're older and you're not yeah. such a dickhead. But just to leave it there for one more thing, I, to be honest, have been talking and Duanna's been talking about it and Sarah's been talking about it and we've all been talking about it on Laney Gossip about the value of other stories. Chimimanda, mm -hmm. you know, we all know Chimimanda. If you don't, Google her. She is the one who um, Beyonce sampled in Flawless, her voice about feminism. She had a great TED Talk. And it was a few years ago. I encourage you to listen to it. And her TED Talk was about other stories and the importance of hearing other stories. Because for too long, especially in storytelling, in mainstream storytelling, we've only heard one story. Mm -hmm. Leonardo DiCaprio's fucking story. No, but like that <laughs> revenant story, yes. right? Like the white guy goes out in the wilderness yeah. and whatever. Anyway, and I want to tell this person who's written into us that I'm so curious about your story. So you have to be curious about your story in order to tell it to me. So hopefully you will find yourself as interesting as we find you and, and have a story to tell that is so uniquely yours and isn't told very often. I want to end on that. Anyway. That was really good. <laughs> Jimmy Manis TED Talk. Go, go listen to it. Go watch it. And thank you for sharing that with us. That was you know, it's not, it's hard to, it's hard to say that you're not really yeah, into yourself. Yeah. 
it's hard to be vulnerable. So thank you to all of our writers um, for your questions and keep them coming to Sasha at LaneyGossip.com. And check us out on iTunes and Google Play. And we will talk next week. Bye. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.